Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. Have you been having breakfast with Jesus? Do you truly love Jesus more than everything else in your life? Is he truly your biggest priority? Let's open to John 21 and see what the Lord has for us. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the second part of this teaching on breakfast with Jesus. Hopefully you have been, you've been spending time with Jesus when you wake up in the morning and just sharing fellowship with him and uh, just really enjoying uh, the benefits of uh, spending time with Jesus, having breakfast with Jesus. So we're going through John 21. This is going to be the, the second part verses 15 to 25. We're going to go ahead and read it. Then we'll walk through it verse by verse and see what the Lord has for us. Well, Lord Jesus, we thank you again for your word. We thank you for your mercy and your goodness on our lives. Holy Spirit, we ask you now to open our hearts and our minds that we might see and understand the word of God, Lord. And uh, above all, Father, we ask you to help us to live out the word of God, to obey your word, Father, to love your word. Um, to speak your word, to teach your word, Father, wherever we go, Lord. We thank you for the Bible. We thank you for the word of God. Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us now. Again, we pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, Follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the brothers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books 
that would be written. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, um, we get into the hard part of this story now. Verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? When we see this in the Bible, undoubtedly, remember, we always ask ourselves, why is this story in the Bible? Um, that's the first question we ask when we come to the scriptures. This is not just in here to be a cool story for us to read or an entertaining story. Romans 15 verse 4 says that everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, to instruct us. It's not just written to, you know, to give us information or to tell us a story. 1 Corinthians 10 verses 6 and 11 say that these things are written down as examples to us. So again, what is the instruction here? What is the example here? Well, put your name where Peter's name is. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, Son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Stephen, do you truly love me more than these? Jose, do you truly love me more than these? May, do you truly love me more than these? Kayla, do you truly love me more than these? Joe, do you truly love me more than these? We want to ask ourselves, do we truly, and, and, and that word truly is a big word, right? Because we most of us, and I certainly know that I do, I say I love Jesus all the time. And I tell him I love him, and Lord willing, I do. But Jesus is saying, do you truly love me? Now, when he says more than these, what, do you, what is he referring to? Personally, I believe that when Jesus says, Simon, do you love me more than these? He's speaking about the 153 large fish and all that goes with it. Remember, uh, they worked all night. They caught nothing, as we said in the first teaching, because that wasn't what they were called to do anymore. They were called to be fishers of men. They were called to make disciples. And yet here they had gone back to their old lifestyle, uh, their familiar, old, comfortable lifestyle that Jesus had called them out of. And uh, we had uh, given examples as how sometimes we do that as well. We go back to our old lifestyle when, uh, you know, when we're not experiencing Jesus in a deep and intimate way. They caught nothing. The entire night, in the morning, Jesus appears on the shore and he tells them to drop the nets, and they do. And with one cast of the nets, they catch 153 large fish. John actually says it's 153 large fish. So imagine what that looks like because it's said that Peter uh, got out of the boat and dragged the net ashore. I personally don't believe I've seen this, but it's got to be a pretty big, substantial pile that's sitting right there, 153 large fish. So Jesus looks at Peter and says, Simon, do you truly love me more than these fish, more than the lifestyle? Because I have given you instructions to feed my lambs, and yet I haven't appeared to you for a few weeks. You haven't seen me in a while, and you go back to your old ways, your old lifestyle, your old job, so to speak. And again, as hard as it is, that is what Jesus is saying to us. He's saying to me, uh, John, do you truly love me more than these? So what we want to ask ourselves is what are the these in our lives? In your life, ask the Lord, what are the these? What are the things that you prioritize over Jesus? What are the things in your life that you love 
more than Jesus. Jesus said he is to be our first love. We are to love Jesus, love his word, and obey him above everything else in our lives. We're to love him more than our, uh, our spouses. We're to love him more than our children. Uh, we're to love him more than our work or our hobbies. We're to love him more than television or games or whatever it is that we do. Do we truly love Jesus more than these things? And uh, Lord Jesus, I confess that, that I feel like often I don't. And, and I ask you to forgive me, Lord, um, and help me to live a life increasingly where I can more and more love you more than all the other things in my life, more than all the other distractions in my life, Lord, more than all the other fun things or hobbies or entertainment in my life. Lord, help us to be a church and a people that can truly love you more than these things. And again, if you read it, it's Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? And I think he says truly because Peter's going to answer, yes, Lord, with his words. With his words, Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. But yet with his actions, he wasn't showing it. Remember, Jesus had told him to go and make disciples. Jesus had told him to be fishers of men. And yet he's back doing what he did before he even knew Jesus, right? And again, that's sometimes that's what we do. We fall back into old familiar patterns, uh, sometimes ungodly patterns or worldly patterns, uh, sinful patterns. So Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Peter is saying with his words, yes, I truly love you. But Jesus wants to see it with his actions. Forever with my words and with my mouth, I'm saying that I love Jesus. And again, I hope that I do. We all hope that we do. But Jesus wants our love to be shown in our actions. Peter says, you know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my lambs. And again, uh, he is saying that to us today. Our first priority in showing love for Jesus is to be his hands and his feet and his mouth and his heart to all those around us. It is our job to feed Jesus's lambs, to help the brothers and sisters in the kingdom of God in every way we can. Uh, Melanie, we're supposed to help them spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially, and relationally. Is that right? Let's feed Jesus's lambs. Let's take care of his sheep. We're all called to be ministers as a side note. Now, that may not be our vocation. Obviously, comparatively, very few of us are called to be ministers as our vocation. But we're all called to be ministers in the body of Christ. We're all called to feed Jesus's lambs. We're all called to help advance the kingdom of God. So uh, do you have an active lifestyle of helping serve the people of God in church and outside of church? In your day-to-day -day lifestyle, are you feeding Jesus' lambs? Are you helping his people? Are you giving encouraging words to those who need them? Are you offering to pray for people? Um, are you offering to be a blessing to them? Are you helping to evangelize and uh, give away Christian literature or tracts? How are you helping to feed Jesus' lambs? Because this is what he's calling us to do. He's saying, you know, John, if you love me, then just don't say it but obey me and do what I've asked you to do. Father, we ask you to help us to, uh, Lord, help me to, 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 to repent in the ways that 
I'm not showing that I love you, Jesus. And, and help me to be a Christian man that shows that in my actions and, and not only in my words. Verse 16, again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? Why is he asking him a second time? He's going to ask him a third time here. He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. So I don't know if Jesus doesn't understand, but why keep asking him? Now, obviously, I'm joking. Jesus does understand, and he's, he's asking him repeated times for a reason. And it's going to come to a head here the third time in verse 17. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? Peter was hurt. Why is Jesus asking the same question over and over and over and over? Well, because Peter was saying with his words, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. But with his actions, his love wasn't evident. And oftentimes that is the case in our lives. I know it is in mine. Jesus wants us to show our love to him, not only in our words, but even more importantly, in our, in our actions. And how are we living a Christ-centered life, a Christ-like life? We love Jesus again by taking care of his people and obeying him, doing the things the Bible tells us to do and uh, refraining from the things the Bible tells us not to do. And when we make mistakes, we repent. Golly, I mean, it seems like I have to repent every day. But it says Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, man, why would Jesus, why would Jesus hurt Peter? I mean, Jesus is supposed to love me. Jesus is supposed to comfort me. Jesus isn't supposed to hurt me, is he? Peter was hurt. You know, sometimes Jesus will will put us in a position or he'll ask us difficult questions or he'll ask us to examine our hearts and we may not like what we find. Why is Peter hurt here that Jesus is asking him over and over and over? Well, it's, it's fairly obvious that Peter doesn't think that Jesus believes him. Peter doesn't like that Jesus is questioning his devotion and he's hurt. Now, I'm going to say on a side note here, Many scholars will find in this text, they find some kind of a reinstatement of Peter in this text. There are scholars that will match these three times that Jesus asked Peter this question, do you love me, to the three times that Peter denied Jesus. There could be truth in that. I personally don't see that. I don't hold that view. I cannot find any reinstatement in these verses, and I cannot find anywhere that Peter was demoted when he denied Jesus. Jesus doesn't demote us when we make mistakes. We need to repent quickly when we've done something in our life or in our words where we deny him. And he's always with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. But again, some see in these verses some sort of reinstatement. The problem I have with that is that if Peter's being reinstated, he clearly doesn't feel it. If I'm going to reinstate someone or encourage someone or love on someone, it certainly isn't going to come out this way. Peter was hurt. Peter doesn't feel reinstated here. He feels hurt by Jesus. 
So if he is being reinstated, it's an odd way to do it. Peter's being exhorted. Peter's being rebuked. And again, I personally don't think this has anything to do with when Peter denied Jesus. Jesus has told Peter to feed my lambs. He's not concerned here. This has nothing to do with his denial of Jesus. Jesus knew that Peter would deny him. As a matter of fact, all the disciples said that they wouldn't deny Jesus, and they all did, if you recall. Remember, Peter pressed, Lord, I'll never deny you, and all the disciples said the same, but yet they all ran. Again, maybe there is uh, some sort of reinstatement in here, but when I study this text, and I've done it over and over and over and over, I personally can't see a reinstatement in here. I don't see any type of demotion for Peter. And so, again, verse 17, Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time. There are times where Jesus will, will hurt us. And there are some times that we'll go through difficult times. And, and often it will be Jesus that's brought us into the hurt. And he himself will get us out of the hurt and carry us through the hurt and walk with us in it. Sometimes Jesus will question us and question our devotion to him, which he's clearly doing with Peter here. He's questioning the level of Peter's devotion. And he's telling him clearly, if you love me, do what I've asked you to do. In Luke 6, Jesus said, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? When Jesus is our Lord, it's our job to obey him. Now, it's important to understand we're not saved by any of these things. This story has nothing to do with salvation. It has nothing to do with going to heaven. This story is in the Bible, again, to teach us about the necessity of our devotion and obedience to Jesus and obedience doesn't save us. We do not get saved. We do not get to heaven based on anything we do. We're saved completely, totally, and only by what Jesus has done on the cross, in our place, and on our behalf. When you pray, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Save me from my sin. Bring me to heaven when I die. I trust only in you, Jesus, and you alone to save me. When you pray that, you are saved completely and totally by what Christ has done at the cross. Your sins are forgiven entirely by what Jesus has done. So this story has nothing to do with our salvation or Peter's salvation. This is about lifestyle and how we live for him. Peter said, Lord, you know all things. I can make the mistake. Um, some people don't know this, but if you do not know it, Jesus knows all things. Jesus knows the degree of our love for him. Uh, Jesus knows the degree of our, um, where our devotion is lacking. Uh, Jesus knows everything about you. He knows everything about you, your wife, your kids, your thoughts. Jesus Christ is God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Peter says, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus knows the degree of our love for him. Now, verse 18 is quite interesting. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Again, it's the same thing. If you love me, then do what I've asked you to do. And I'll say again, one of the ways we show our love to Jesus is by building up the body of Christ in all the various ways we do that. He said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Verse 19, Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death 
by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. So it is a, a, a confusing passage. Verse 19 tells us clearly that what Jesus meant when he said this, um, when you're younger, you, you basically did what you wanted to do. You had control over your own life. This is verse 18. But when you're old, you'll stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Uh, history, a history of uh, those times, tells us that Peter died by being crucified upside down. And the reason it was upside down is because he did not believe himself worthy to be crucified in the same way as his Lord Jesus was. So that's the reference of stretch out your hands. Peter was crucified, um, but again, he was crucified upside down. History tells us that because he did not want to be crucified in the same manner Jesus was. You know, this is a, a heavy statement, right? Uh, when Jesus tells this to Peter, Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Now, we don't know how much Peter understands of what Jesus was saying, John, who wrote this book long after this. But what does that mean, the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God? Being crucified is, again, it's, 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 a, it's a painful suffering beyond comprehension, let alone being crucified upside down. But apparently it says this is how he would glorify God. And man, why is Jesus saying this to him? Why is Jesus telling him that you've had your control over your own life, you've done what you've wanted to do, but when you get older, you're going to go through a time of, of tremendous suffering, and that's going to be to the glory of God. And you remember verse 19, he says, then he said to him, follow me, Jesus said after that. You know, some of you listening here might have already had times in your life where you had to follow Jesus and, and he allowed you to go into or even called you into some kind of suffering and difficulty. And it can take on many manifestations. It can be personal suffering. It can be physical suffering. It can be people you love suffering. It can be financial. There can be there are many ways that the Lord can call us to glorify God in our suffering, but he expects us to continue to follow him in it. Matthew, I believe it's uh, chapter 16, verses 24 and 25, Jesus said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will, will find it. And sometimes we, the Lord will call us to glorify God, to glorify the name of Jesus by going through difficult times. And again, he tells this to Peter here, and he, and he expects Peter to follow him. And man, Lord Jesus, it is just hard to follow you in suffering, man. Never is it so hard to follow. It's nice to follow Jesus sometimes, man, when we're in church and we're raising our hands and we're singing and we're praising him. Or, man, it's nice to follow him when things are good. 
and uh, we're healthy and everybody's blessed and our kids are good and our spouse is well and our family's doing good. But but following and glorifying God in suffering is just uh, is a hard thing. But Jesus said to him again, verse 19, then he said to him, follow me. Verse 20, Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said, Lord, what about him? It's embarrassing, but I have to confess, I have said this way too many times. Lord, what about him? Why am I the only one that's got to go through hardship? Lord, why am I the only one? You remember when Elijah told God he was the only one left and God told him, I got 7,000 all as, as good as you. Lord, why am I the, the only one? Lord, what about him? <laughs> what about him? Jesus is going to tell him. <laughs> you know, sometimes we are pretty concerned about everybody else's life. You know, why is it that I got to have these difficulties in my life? But my neighbor, you know, he, he don't have any problems at all. Why is it that I have to go through this, Lord? Why are you asking me to follow you through this? But he, you know, he doesn't get to, he doesn't have these problems, Lord Jesus. Lord, what about him? The Lord, what about him? Lord, just forgive us, Jesus. Forgive me when I have lived in this spirit where I want to know what about everybody else, Lord. And uh, Lord, just help us. To just be obedient to you, Lord. Whatever you've called us to follow you in, Lord. Whatever the call of God on our lives is. Wherever the call of God in our lives is, Lord. Um, in our homes, in our work, in our ministries, in our churches, Lord. Just help us to follow you. Help us to follow Jesus. And Lord, forgive me when I'm so concerned about everybody else. What about that church? What about this ministry? Um, what about him? What about her? Lord, what about him? That's the end of verse 20. That's the last four words. Those are famous words, the end of verse 20. Lord, forgive us that, that this, you know, when Peter said this, it's, it's, we've said that billions of times, Lord, and uh, help us to just be concerned with ourselves following you and helping others to follow you. Well, let's continue in verse 22. Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. That's verse 22. Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. And certainly that's the word of the Lord to us today. What is that to you? Whatever's going on over there, whatever's going on at that church, whatever's going on at that ministry, what's that to you? You follow me, Peter. You follow me, Tom. You follow me, Josh. You follow me, Gwenda. You follow me, Omella. You follow me, Julie. You follow me, Martin. You follow me, Peggy. What is that to you? You follow me. You obey me. Jesus said, you do, Johnny Mayfield. You do what I've called you to do. Don't worry about him. I'll handle him. Lord Jesus, we need so much help in this. Lord, certainly I do. 
and uh, just just help me to just to lay down this consistent idea of, you know, what about him? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 22, what is that to you? You must follow me. So back in verse 20, it says, Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. The Apostle John wrote this book, the Gospel of John. It's it's ending here in these last few verses. Why does he refer to himself like this? Why can't he just say, I, John, right? He renamed himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. And you can do that as well. Right, Because you are the disciple who Jesus loves. The love of Jesus was so profound to the Apostle John that he changed his name. He don't even call himself John anymore. He calls himself the one that Jesus loved. So whatever your name is today, just stop using it. Wherever you go, just say, I'm the one that Jesus loved. Because when you look at what Jesus did for you at the cross, when you look at where he stretched out his arms and was nailed to that cross as a perfectly sinless man, Jason Ross, right? He was nailed to that cross as a sinless man for you and for me. So you're the one that Jesus loves. So stop using your own name for the rest of your life and just start calling yourself the one that Jesus loved. Thank you, Lord. I'm not commanding you that. I'm using that little tongue-in-cheek. We do have some listeners that take me quite literally. But it is a point for us to really never forget that you're the one that Jesus loved. Uh, When John wrote this, I don't think he knew he was writing the Bible. But he was going to call himself the one that Jesus loved because he experienced the love of Christ in such a meaningful way that that's that's all he could conceive. Verse 23. Okay, remember verse 22, Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Verse 23. Because of this, the rumor spread among the brothers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, What is that to you? There's an incredible principle here about how sometimes we can distort the word of God, right? This is why when we come to the scriptures, all we can do is just plainly and with as much care as we can manage, teach what the word of God says, understanding what the scriptures say. We don't want to add to it. We don't want to take from it. Look what happens here. Jesus speaks the word of God. He does not say that he's going to have them live till Jesus returns. But because of this, the rumor spread among the brothers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. When we come to the scriptures, we just let the word of God speak. We let the word of God speak. You don't put your own spin on it, your own idea. Our job is to make our lives fit the Bible, Melanie, right? Our job is not to make the Bible fit our lives. Sometimes we try to make the Bible fit our lives so we can do whatever we want to do, right? 
Sometimes we'll want to twist scriptures to make them fit what we'd like them to mean. God forbid, Lord, help us to live our lives and to to adjust our lives so that our lives continually, increasingly fit what the Bible says. And forgive us, Lord, and help us to not try to make the Bible fit our lives. Help us to that we would not try to make excuses and make the Bible fit what we want to say and what we want to do. So again, let's forever remember this principle. We must always labor to make our life fit the Bible, not the Bible fit our lives. Verse 24. This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Everything you have in your Bible is true. The Gospel of John ends here. Most people, most scholars, most devout Christians would tell you if you can only read one Bible book in your life, read the Gospel of John. Obviously, everyone has an opinion. People like their own books. The love of Christ is shown in this Gospel like no other. They're all the Word of God. The entire Bible is the Word of God. All 66 books are the Word of God. The New Testament unveils Jesus clearly. And Jesus is everything. Jesus is everything. He's our Alpha and our Omega, our beginning, our end, our first and our last. Our lives begin with Jesus. Our lives end with Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And this says, we know that his testimony is true. Sometimes there's times in my life where I just, it's, sometimes it's hard to believe. It's hard to have faith. This is true. This is real. Heaven is real. Hell is real. Sin is real. Disobedience is real. Faithfulness is real. Faithlessness is real. Everything matters. Everything matters. This is all true. Sometimes it seems too good to be true, right? That man, one day I'll die and I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to be with Jesus and I'm going to live forever. It's true. But you got to know Jesus. If you have not received Jesus into your life and into your heart, then just stop and do it right now. Pause the tape and say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I ask you to come into my heart, save me from my sin, and bring me to heaven when I die. I trust only in you, Jesus, to save me and to be my everlasting Lord and God. It's true. John testified to these things. He saw it. He's just telling you what happened. And he wrote them down, and we know that it's true. Lord Jesus, help us to know and to stand on the truth of the word of God, Lord. And the gospel of John ends. The four gospels end. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Verse 25. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. And so ends the Gospel of John. Is that what it says about you, Stephen? Stephen's the, uh, the announcer and the technical guy, the guy you hear in the beginning. But does it say that even the whole world wouldn't have room for the things that you've done? Is that what, it's, is that what it says about us, that we've done so much for Jesus that there, there aren't even enough books that are written, Molly Ross, 
to write down all the things that you've done. There are just so many books written, right? Lord Jesus, help us, Lord, to live for you and to serve you, Lord. Lord, give us a heart that knows there's no greater privilege than to walk with Jesus and to love Jesus and certainly to be forgiven by Jesus and because of Jesus and in Jesus and through Jesus and for Jesus. Lord Jesus, we ask you to give us a deeper revelation of yourself. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you that all you did, Lord. Lord, I thank you and that uh, we all look forward to learning about the things that you did that we don't even know about because there aren't enough books in the world that could hold all that you've done, Jesus. But Lord, help us to live our lives for you, Jesus. Help us to truly love you more than these and Lord, reveal to us what are the these in our lives that we love oftentimes more than you. And I ask you to forgive me, Lord, and forgive us one and all. Lord, and forgive us, Lord, when we're worried about everybody else and everything else, when our job is to follow you. Lord, help us to have a a straightforward, narrow road focus to follow Jesus in all that we do. Father, we love you, we bless you, and we thank you. We ask you to seal the word of God to our hearts, Holy Spirit, In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. For more information about our ministry, please visit www.kingdomd.org.